Welcome to the daily devotional podcast of Meadowbrook Church, leading people into the Christ-centered life. For more information about who we are, find us online at www.meadowbrook.ca. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords, and he drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, Get these out of here! Stop turning my father's house into a market! His disciples remembered that it is written, Zeal for your house will consume me! John chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. If you've ever witnessed someone attacking or affecting your loved ones, you know that a very real, a very profound defensiveness and anger can very quickly rise up. Many of us might be able to take an insult ourselves, all right? We might be able to bear that okay, but mess with our family and we might not bear that so well. Here in this story, Jesus comes to defend his father's house, and he comes to defend his children who were being taken advantage of in his father's house. Animals were needed at the temple for sacrifice, and the temple also had its own currency for people to pay their temple tax and or their tithes. Apparently what was happening was profiteers were using the requirements of God's law in order to charge people unusually high prices for the animals and unusually high currency exchange rates. And worst of all, they were doing it all right in God's holy temple. In the other Gospels, we find this exact same story. It also happens during the Passover. But in the other Gospels, it happens much later in Jesus' life, right before his crucifixion during the Passion Week. And this is worth unpacking for a moment, because it's a crucial thing for us to understand about how the authors of the gospel wrote, and how you can answer tough questions from critics about stories like this, which critics would use to prove that God's word is not perfect. If God's word is perfect, this story should happen in the exact same place in Jesus' life in all four stories. The fact that it doesn't means that God apparently can't even keep his timelines consistent, so why should we trust that God's word is perfect? We are obsessed with time today, and in our lifetime with video evidence, photo evidence, media evidence, we can prove very quickly when things happened and how they happened. In any criminal trial, the timeline of events becomes crucial in establishing guilt or innocence. In any major event, the sequence of how it unfolded is easily proven by our evidence at our fingertips. However, in the first century, it was very common for a biographer to play around with the timeline. It's commonly practiced inside the Bible and in sources outside the Bible. Where for us today, we want the most accurate history, the timeline of events in our biographies. For ancient writers, they were looking more for the most accurate picture of the person. And if emphasizing certain character qualities meant that you moved around some events in the timeline a little bit, this was perfectly acceptable and understood. So if you ever wondered why the timelines of Jesus' life don't always match up perfectly gospel to gospel, this is why. It's not because they're wrong, it's because the authors weren't shooting for modern-day standards of journalism. They were using the standards of their own time, as they of course had to, in order to portray Jesus in the clearest way they could. 
If the Gospels were written today, they'd very likely look differently using today's biographical standards, but the first century Gospels are very consistent with the author's style at the time, and they compromise the truth of God's word? Not at all. In this story, Jesus physically does what he is going to do spiritually later for anyone who wants it. He cleans house. His temple has become dirty and corrupt, and someone needed to drive out the corruption and purify it. It was prophesied in several Old Testament passages that the Messiah would cleanse God's house, and Jesus lives out those words here, literally removing the stain from God's house that was corrupting it and leaving it cleaned out and pure once again. This is also exactly what Jesus will do for us, driving out the sin and the dirt from our own lives and making us clean once again. For you to think about today, the Bible tells us that anger isn't necessarily a sin in itself, but it easily becomes sin, and so we should get rid of it quickly in our lives. In this story, it's often said that Jesus was angry, even though the text doesn't actually say that, and people often use the story as justification for their own anger. If Jesus got angry in the temple, I can be angry with my brother. How do we reconcile all of this? Was he angry? And if so, was it righteous? And if so, what made it righteous? And if so, what does all of this mean for anger in our own lives? Mm-hmm.